0: If you ever find yourself feeling overwhelmed during conflict, then this episode is for you. We describe the psychological experience of flooding, when you white out or shut down or get hijacked by your own emotions. Usually this happens during a fight with your spouse and it never helps resolve the issue that you're facing. We're going to talk about what flooding is and how you can calm yourself down in order to navigate through conflict more successfully.
1: The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gindel from Only You Forever.
0: Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a very tactile episode for you this week. This is episode number 266, and today we're going to be talking about how to calm down when you get flooded or overwhelmed during conflict with your spouse.
2: Hey there. Before we get started, though, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed friendships with the opposite sex. Very interesting episode, if I do say so. Worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us.
0: If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope Okay, let's get into the topic of flooding, Verlinda.
2: Okay, what is flooding, Caleb?
0: Flooding is when you get too much water in your house.
2: We've heard of that. <laughs> yes.
0: Now, flooding is a problem that marriage researchers have been paying attention to since the 1990s, when Dr. Gottman first began describing it. It is a common experience, typically for the withdrawer. In a marriage, we've talked about how there's like a pursue-withdrawal mm-hmm. cycle often for couples. And since the husband is most commonly the withdrawer in the pursue-withdrawal cycle, it happens most to men. And of course, there are some wives who experience it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gauman defined it as the subjective sense of being overwhelmed by your partner's negative affect, your partner's strong negative emotions, their anger, okay. whatever, finding it to be unexpected and intense. And feeling as though one's information processing is impaired. Okay. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, you can't quite process.
0: Yeah. In other words, in the face of your intense anger or upset, I get overwhelmed and shut down. Okay. So flooding is not an emotion in itself. It's just that you become overwhelmed and feel like your thoughts are disorganized and you don't know how to respond.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So you shouldn't say, I feel flooded.
0: Yeah, but I think flooded doesn't work. So it's actually kind of interesting. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's an experience, anyways. Okay. Maybe it is an emotion. Maybe it should be.
2: Okay. So, if I'm flooding, how do I know I'm flooding?
0: Well, the more obvious signs of flooding to watch for are just that sense of being overstimulated or overwhelmed, feeling like you're even mentally disorganized.
2: I feel that most
0: days. (laughs) No, but like about the issue at hand, like you should be able to figure it out. Like, why is this so complex? Oh, okay. Like, you know, not being able to keep it straight. It often will prompt a fight or flight response in you so that you'll want to respond with anger or with withdrawal. About 80% of husbands will stonewall in this situation, according hmm. to Dr. Gottman's wife, who is also Dr. Gottman. And that often looks like emotional withdrawal, which is just kind of shutting down, or sometimes physical withdrawal as well. Like, head- forget it, I'm heading out to the garage, mm-hmm. going to work on the car. You should. Yes, I need to change the oil. <laughs> Maybe we should have a fight afterwards and then I can get that done. <laughs> So less obvious signs might include increased respiration, increase in heart rate, increase in blood pressure and perspiration, like an intense stress response. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might not notice any of those things, except maybe your heart pounding in your ears kind of Yeah, You might also, yeah, notice yourself at the same time starting to have very negative or catastrophic thoughts about the relationship. For example, thinking that this is never going to work or just feeling very Mm -hmm. hopeless. So
2: that's part of flooding too. Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: I don't know if it's part of it or concomitant with it. What's oh, that mean? that's an awesome word. I've never got to use that before, happening at the same time.
2: Then why don't you just say that?
0: Because it's more fun to say concomitant. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's more fun. <laughs> Anyways, it's also important to notice that flooding may really compel you to end the situation that is causing or prompting the flooding. In other words, to shut down the argument or to end the conflict, almost at any cost, like you're driven to escape the situation. It can be a very sort of compelling hmm. thing. Yeah. Now the tricky thing, the really tricky thing about flooding is that while it's something that happens to you, like nobody sits down at, Oh, she's getting mad. I'm going to flood myself. Now that doesn't happen. Okay. Nobody does it intentionally to themselves. It's more like it's happening to you, but here's the thing to your spouse. It's almost universally interpreted as you doing something to, or against them. Oh. You're shutting down on me. So more anger which ironically creates Creeps. more overwhelm. Yes. Yeah. So the more withdrawn you get into your overwhelm, the more your spouse is likely to turn up the volume. And in actual fact, as a result of the flooding, you may even be unable to hear what your spouse is saying. We talked about that more in episode 236, huh. which you can get at oif.link slash 236, or just scroll back a little bit in your podcast player.
2: Like actually unable to hear?
0: Well, or just the, like unable the, to
2: interpret what they're saying?
0: No, the, uh, there's some evidence that the... The, oh, what's it called? Like the range? I'm thinking like Hertz, H-E-R-T-Z. Oh, okay. The range of the human voice actually becomes inaccessible. Like you can't hear in that range when you're very overwhelmed. Really? Yep.
2: Huh, okay.
0: And so anyways.
2: So now we've got the cycle.
0: Yes. Overwhelmed, we, we, shut
2: down, they get louder.
0: Yep. We can't hear to them. They try to break through. It gets worse. So then I just want to leave. Okay. And that's how conflict never goes anywhere and people get mm-hmm. stuck. Mm-hmm. And that's what we unpack and unravel with our marriage counseling clients a lot as we help them find new ways to navigate conflict. And when they figure out other ways to do that so that the one person is not having to turn up the volume and the other person is not getting overwhelmed, then what happens is they can find new ways to solve old problems. Oh, okay. So we're going to talk about why this cycle thing happens or this issue happens and how to calm yourself down after the break but I wanted to let our listeners know that we have an additional exercise available as a PDF download that shows you how to practice self-compassion as a way to reduce flooding during conflict another way to reduce flooding it's another excellent effective approach to helping you navigate conflict more successfully and you can get this additional guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick 60 second break here to tell you more about that
1: What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at oyf.support. That's oyf.support.
0: You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about how to recognize flooding. And now you may be wondering, well, why does this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Or why perhaps. Do we do this? Perhaps it's your spouse that gets flooded, and you're asking yourself, why does he do that?
2: Why does he do that?
0: Well, this is an issue of magnitude. As the intensity of the conflict increases, you will reach a point where your thinking brain is shut out. Okay. And the thinking part is the piece that can examine the complexities, the gray areas of an issue, and help you sort it out by considering your spouse's point of view or the facts at hand or your own emotional state, all that good stuff that we mm-hmm. need to navigate these things. And you kind of, you really have to be on top of your mental and emotional game to navigate some marital conflict, probably a lot of it. But when you're flooded, you don't have access to those parts of your brain, all gone bub Okay. And why does this happen? Well, here's some contributing factors. One is that you may be more emotionally sensitive than you realize, especially men. They all say the same thing. <laughs> I'm not an emotional guy. Uh-huh. Well, while you are probably get accused of insensitivity when being flooded, it may actually be that you're more sensitive to your spouse's emotions than you realize. And so you very easily experience them as threatening or overwhelming. Mm. The emotions, not the spouse. Well, maybe both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It could be, too, that if you have a history of intense anger, or experiencing it, either from your spouse or in your family of origin, you may be more vulnerable to flooding, right? So imagine a child who feels very threatened and overwhelmed by anger he's witnessing, whether or not it's directed to him. He may feel some distance or some safety or some sort of buffering from that anger through this state of overwhelm. Mm
2: -hmm. So then it
0: kind of reinforces itself as a little bit of a safe place to retreat to. Oh. Yeah, it's also possible on the other side of things that if you grew up in a family with little to no conflict and then maybe you marry a spouse who has a very volatile conflict style or just an assertive mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. style of conflict. They grew up in a family where you hashed everything out. It was loud and everybody was <laughs> fine afterwards. <laughs> yeah, then that could be overwhelming, too, because you just haven't had that experience. And this right. is like, whoa. So a history of not experiencing direct anger could be a contributing factor. hmm or if your attachment style includes a strong fear of rejection or abandonment then the anger could be a trigger for that. So you're more likely Mm. to experience flooding there as well. We talked more about attachment in 251. That's one of kind of those episode 251, 252, three, and four. And that's one of sort of the cornerstone pieces of content in our podcast. So if you haven't got those episodes, we'd highly recommend you check them out. But the point here again is that flooding is not something you're doing to your spouse. Like undoubtedly, it's frustrating for your spouse. Mm -hmm. And yes, walking away from your spouse with no explanation or suggestion to reconnect, that's definitely something that, you do to your spouse, which is not going to help your marriage. But at the same time, some severely flooded spouses will walk away because they feel if they can just leave and the situation can just kind of calm down, then the marriage mm-hmm. will be okay. Yeah. And that's a very, that is very sincere and it may not have any negative intentions associated with it. Like, yeah. it, you know, the calmer is better, right? But it's not going to work. Okay. So you will need to find a way to calm yourself and stay engaged and see the issue through. And by the same token, your spouse will need to learn to ask for what they need in ways that don't trigger your overwhelm, that aren't so threatening to you. Mm-hmm. So it has to be a cooperative effort with shared responsibility. If they're, So if it's not guys, just a
2: blame for the person who actually gets flooded. Correct. It would be so easy to go there, though, I think.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, though, like I'm going to say, like, well, here's how you can calm yourself down when you're flooded, because it could be your spouse has a reasonable amount of anger and is not overly... Right. But you just get flooded too easily because of whatever kind of your history was, right? So, well, yeah. how can you calm yourself down? Okay.
2: So, how can you calm yourself down?
0: Well, a very important first step is just to become aware of when you are flooded. Self-awareness, is it's that critical first step because what you're not aware of, you can't respond to. Right. Okay. And, you know, flooding, it's kind of like the frog in the pot where the water slowly heated up. Mm, yep. Yeah. You're yeah. not aware of it happening while it's happening. So, it, it takes a little bit of skill to go. Oh, there's a slow increase in temperature here for the frog. It's the same thing. Okay, hang on. Like I'm starting to white out or Mm -hmm, feel very overwhelmed. mm -hmm. This must be flooding. Okay. So observe then what is happening inside you. You want to create some distance between yourself and the storm of thoughts and feelings. Just even kind of noting to yourself that you've gotten activated and that your body is starting to react is useful. So that, how what?
2: Like how do you... What did you say Create, Create some distance, distance between yourself and the storm of thoughts and feelings?
0: Well, just observing that that's starting to happen makes yeah. you it gives you a sort of an internally a more objective stance on your experience.
2: Mm-kay. okay. And something
0: that you can kind of watch and notice yourself doing already is creating that distance,
2: okay. So noting, okay, I've become activated. My body's starting to react. Yeah. Okay.
0: A good strategy ahead of time is to prepare and mentally store an image of your spouse at his or her best. So picture a moment in time, a snapshot Mm. that you can wrap a frame around in order to keep other negative experiences out of that picture. But just picture that moment in time when you experienced your spouse as loving, generous, well-meaning.
2: So this is for the flooded spouse.
0: Yeah. For the flooding spouse. Huh. And so, when you get flooded, and if you need to take a break, which we'll talk about how to properly do in a moment, you can recall this image to remind yourself of your spouse's goodwill towards you. Okay. Now, if you're in a if you're in a very distressed marriage and it has been for a long time, or maybe even since you got married, it'll be pretty hard to do that. Right. This particular tactic, right. uh, but for many people, they will be able to create that image. Okay. Now, another image that might be useful is, uh, we're just kind of given some different ideas here. You can try these and see what fits and works and what doesn't. Yeah. One you can use in the moment when you recognize that you're flooded, is just kind of almost picturing like a large complex wheel, like I just had in my head, like this sort of steampunk thing where all these parts are moving, but there's one big wheel and it's spinning furiously. And you just slowly imagine slowing and slowing that wheel down. And as it slows down, you remind yourself to be grounded, to feel the chair you're in, to notice the comforts in the room around you, like the furniture or the blanket you have or a pet and just observe or let go of, of some of that fear that's built up inside you as you slow the wheel down. you kind of hmm. just sort of, it's sort of a mental visual to ground yourself okay, back into the moment. Yeah. And that can help you calm during flooding as well. And also then we should talk about taking a break because this uh, is sometimes a necessary part until uh, you guys are able to change your interaction style so that it's okay. not as overwhelming and you don't get as overwhelmed. But there's good ways to take breaks and bad ways to take breaks. Uh, It's important often to give yourself time to calm down. And so you might need a 10 to 30 minute break. And during the break, try not to think about the fight or what to say to your spouse. If you keep thinking over things, you will stay escalated. Like your body will Mm -hmm. stay charged up. And so you'll be either maintain the flooded state or be right back in it as soon as you re-engage. But to take a break before you separate, and I'm talking about 10 to 30 minutes here, just wanted to clarify when I use that word. Separate, (laughs) yes. Yes. Be sure to tell your spouse when you're coming back so that they don't feel abandoned or that you're just walking away. They need to know you're committed to resolving the issue with them. Okay. During the break then, read a book or magazine or do something self-soothing. Exercise can be helpful too, a walk or run or yoga. Take your mind off what's happening so that when you come back to the disagreement, you can have something of a fresh start to the conversation, like preferably a softer start Mm -hmm. to the conversation. It's a great antidote to flooding okay to just come back with a fresh take huh and uh kind of have your having your body in a calmer place and everything okay yeah Hmm. did you want to add something to that or
2: i'm just curious like it seems like often arguments come up you know when you're just about to walk out the door or people are coming over or like so the break in that point it's not like you can take a 10 minute break
0: you have to probably call a truce on whatever it is uh Go for a quick compromise, and then and re- then
2: bring come it up back when to you it. get home, yeah. or...
0: and say, you know what, you know, we'll we'll get back to this after the Joneses leave. Okay, I can see that it's really important to you. Okay, yep. Hmm. And maybe at some point during the evening, things kind of settle out in your mind, or again, you're able to come back with that sort of fresh take on things,
2: right? Or even put it out of your mind for that, yeah, bit. Okay,
0: and definitely want to try to start that conversation softer, softer. when you do come back to it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Not just the flooded person. Um, maybe I would say even especially the person who doesn't get flooded. Right. So what's a gentler inroad to this
2: issue? Right. So do you have any suggestions for the other spouse?
0: Yeah. If I So if I could k- convince the other spouse of just one thing, I would love for them to be able to recognize that it's not something your spouse is doing to you. Although you okay. may even have interpreted it that way for months or years. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had to try to figure out why it happens, try to make sense of their flooding. And if it has frequently felt like you were being shut out, it's really hard not to take it personally.
1: Right. Yeah, so I, I yeah. get
0: it. It's very hard to get past that feeling of rejection. But the flooding is something happening to them, to your spouse. And honestly, you most likely have a part to play in it too, right? So you often, mm, okay. uh, folks don't realize how intimidating their anger is to their spouse or how much they're afraid of losing you. Hmm. And sometimes you get this, you know, sort of the iconic uh Caricature of this, which is true enough, is like you have this little tiny wife and this big oaf of a guy, and he's terrified of her, and she doesn't realize that because she's always been the small person in the world.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's
0: so intimidated by her anger. Hmm. So, so you may not realize that that's happening, though, right? That that right. intimidation, because it doesn't make sense. Like, what is she going to do to him? Yeah, in a yeah. way, right? But it also may be for your spouse that gets flooded that they've coupled that with some bad habits or reactions that aren't appropriate or acceptable for conflict, like abandoning or kind of walking away or or some rude ways of shutting you out as well. Okay. But all of those things together are part of the dynamic that happens between you guys during conflict. And so the solution doesn't lie in you preventing or fixing their flooding problem. It actually lies in changing the entire mm-hmm. dynamic that exists between you so that you guys solve issues as a team. Picture yourselves facing the dragon of your negative cycle together rather than as opponents in an arena mm-hmm. facing each other. Yes. In a fight to the death. Right. So that's, there's kind of a reframe on how you're tackling this and also. You know, your flooded spouse, that flooding, not so much the problem as like the entire dynamic. What's your part in contributing to what happens, right? Right. So figuring that out, facing that dynamic as the issue together. hmm Yeah.
2: So it's not like it's any one person's fault even.
0: No, there's all sorts of factors that go into it. And, but yeah. the thing is when you're angry with each other and you've had a lot of distress, you always, you default to interpret it as something that they're doing to you. The,
2: right. Right. right.
0: And the fault thing, like everybody wants to figure out whose fault it is during the argument. I Uh mean, you don't want to figure out whose fault it is. You want to clarify that it's the other person's fault. (laughs) Right?
2: Yeah, true enough. So yeah,
0: so that's how you get so stuck. And so this is the work that we do with couples in our online counseling agency. We deliver proven, well-established approaches to couples counseling over secure video calls, working through issues of conflict like this and helping folks figure out how to begin to solve their problems on their own. So if you'd like more information about that, just head on over to our website at onlyyouforever.com.
2: Thank you to Stephanie and all of our patrons. Well, I guess Stephanie became a patron between this recording and our previous one. Yeah. And all of our supporters each month, we just want to say a big thank you. Next week.
0: A little tougher topic. We're talking about five essential things that you will want to consider when disclosing your infidelity to your spouse. Wow. if you should find yourself in that situation.
2: Well, I kind of hope that not too many people need to listen to that one. Correct. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link 266. Find out how you can help. Go to
1: oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for smart people from only you forever.